Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the bibliophiles. Hey there, it's April Fool's Day and I'm on the air uh, with Sally Shields, the best-selling author of Daughter-in-Law Rules, and I am uh, psyched to be talking to her. And uh, she's on the air. Hey, Sally. Hey, Dr. Kent. So great to be here with you this Wednesday, April Fool's Day. My daughter got me a couple times really good. <laughs> My six-year-old. And what's she doing? Now, my favorite April Fool's joke is putting cellophane on the toilet seat. <laughs> that is too funny. Well, she came home with a little sheet of paper that basically said that there was a fire in the school, but fortunately all the kids got out before it uh, turned rusty. And uh, for a minute there, she really got me. I was like, what? There was a fire? And, of course, she said, April Fool's Mommy, and I felt like a fool. Now, did one of her teachers put her up to that? No. I guess a bunch of teachers had actually done a bunch of jokes on the kids. And so I guess the kids then turned around and got creative and – I'm not sure how many of them actually did it on paper and presented them to their parents like Laura did, but um, <laughs> I have to get more details on that one. Well, cool. Well, on the show today, uh, this is Blurb on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm Dr. Kent uh, with Sally Shields, and we co-host this great show called Blurb, and uh, we've all heard that word, but but what does it mean exactly to us, Sally? Well, what we do this every week is we listen to up to three-minute blurbs from all kinds of authors no longer than three minutes. They tell us about their books in three minutes or less, and each week we choose the best blurb of the, uh, from all the rest, and during the following week we will honor them with Book of the Week honors. And who won last week? Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. You're talking to somebody that's, uh, like, triple-tasking at the moment. Um <laughs> Well, you know, the, the the cool thing about it is that we can all log on, uh, which we're doing right now, and, yeah. and uh, on the website, blurbradio.com, you can check out last week's winner, and their 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 book title is there, and i, I got to say, the winner from last week, the, the book cover is pretty racy. Oh, you know, I'm there right now, Marianne Camarado, she was fantastic, but whoa, check out that book cover, yeah. Everybody's got to go check it out. The book's called The Hindsight and Marianne Camarada Contest last week and the, and the week with Sanders uh, with A Matter of Panache. And every week we've got winners, and this week we're going to have a winner. Yeah, indeed. And why don't we get to some of those pitches? I'm so excited. You know, we had a, a little bit of a bumpy start um, getting everybody to record their blurb. I think we're ironing out a lot of the uh, technicalities of, all, of, of how we're getting people to actually contribute these blurbs to us. But once people get the hang of it, uh, they started pouring in, and everybody's doing a great job. And I'm really, really, really excited to hear some of these blurbs tonight. And they've been pouring in out of control. It's, it's, we, we have like 30 or 40 of them. It's, it's a great start. Uh, uh, and we had to, uh, you know, it wasn't quite a blindfolded test, but just about here. Uh, we, we picked uh, nine blurbs to be on the air today, and, and I'm psyched to listen to them. Me too. Who we got first? 
Uh, let's talk to Andrew. Or let's listen to Andrew Rogerson, and this is a, a business category blurb. And, and let me say just quickly: uh, most uh, we haven't quite figured out, uh, but we think that sometimes we're going to feature every genre, and that's today's show. We're doing one blurb in all in nine different genres today. Uh, but usually, uh, 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 you know, about half the time or, or more than that, we're going to feature one genre, like fiction or nonfiction or whatever. But today, we're going to feature all of them. What do you think about that, Sally? Oh, I think it's great. You know, and uh, something else that I'm, I might just want to clarify for people, if they're wondering uh, about these blurbs, um, some of the, the guidelines that we put together, basically we think what we're telling people is, you know, we want to get people excited about reading these books. So what we've told our authors is to think backside of the book, copy in a magazine, two lines on the radio, uh, you know, your name, your credential, your, your theme, what is the vision of your book, your message. Your reader needs to know what's in it for them, the benefits that they're going to get out of reading your book. So these are all the kinds of things, these are criteria that we're looking for when we listen to these blurbs. We want, really, we want you to get people excited about reading your book, and that's what we're here for. All right, so let's listen to Andrew Rogerson. This is a business blurb. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, my name is Andrew Rogerson, and I'm a licensed real estate broker. My primary focus is helping business owners sell their business or new entrepreneurs buy an existing business or franchise. My credentials include the CBI, which stands for Certified Business Intermediary, from the International Business Brokers Association, as well as the CBB, or Certified Business Broker, from the California Association of Business Brokers. I've currently written four books on business ownership, but the book I wanted to highlight today is called Successfully Sell Your Business, Expert Advice from a Business Broker. This book is written for business owners that are planning on selling a business. With the work I do as a business broker, I see too many entrepreneurs reaching a decision to sell their business, but not making the right decisions, or following the right processes which costs them both time and money. The book I've put together to help you sell your business includes the following seven areas. One, the importance of planning ahead for taxes. The capital gains tax can take a bite out of any business purchase price, so there is a need to look ahead to try to minimize its impact, as well as any other taxes. Two, preparing and understanding the different legal areas. This includes not only ensuring all the correct legal forms are available, but also ensuring a legal problem won't be uncovered during negotiations that end up killing the deal and therefore wasting a lot of time and money. Three, understanding what and when to use the different professionals in the transaction. These professionals could include an accountant, an attorney, personal financial planner, an appraiser to value the business assets, and a business broker to market the business and handle all negotiations and legal forms. Four, Planning ahead so you know what to say to the different groups that may be affected with selling the business. For example, it's important to know what to say or not to say to family members. However, what and when you talk to them will be different to what you say to the landlord and suppliers, but more importantly, your customers or your employees. Five, what sales and marketing material to create, what that material says, and at what stage in the transaction is it given to a potential buyer? Six, how to speak to each buyer and what questions to ask to make sure they are qualified to buy the business. I've seen too many sellers disclose confidential information to a potential buyer at the wrong time in the transaction and then have the buyer take advantage of that situation. Seven, 
learn what finance options are available so the seller gets paid as much as possible. Selling a business is complex and emotional for the business owner. The book I've put together will provide tools, worksheets, checklists and knowledge to navigate the process more easily, more quickly and at a higher price to you, the seller. Well, there we go. That was uh, our first blurb of the day by Andrew uh, Rogerson. And, uh, well, you know, it, it was very informative, i got to say. Uh, and for a business book, uh, he had his seven points. He, he nailed them. Uh, what do you think? Well, let's see. I think we had boiled down our criteria to sort of four kind of words, uh, bling, clarity, information, and delivery. So although I felt that it was definitely delivered information, um, he might have done a little bit better on the bling and the delivery part of things. I thought, you're right, he was very clear about his points, but it needed a little bit more. It kind of, I was starting to fade out there a little bit. Wasn't but i got to say, I like the accent. I think him just having that accent helps a little bit. Well, I tend to agree with you there. Well, yeah, but, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, in terms of clarity, yeah, I think clarity was there. Uh, and if it was written out for me... Um, you know, in bullet points, I would have. This would have been absolutely perfect, but it could have had a little more, a little more spice to it. A little more bling. I think because he's talking about a topic that could be considered dry to begin with, perhaps mm. that maybe a little bit of uh, voice inflection, a little bit of enthusiasm, might have helped his cause. Now, do you have any enthusiasm when you're talking about your book? <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Well, um, I, you know, I suppose I do. That was a rhetorical question, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Sally Shield is full of enthusiasm. All right, let's listen to the next blurb. Um, this is in the health wellness category. Uh, it's Char Brooks. Um, let's listen to it. Sounds great. Blog Talk Radio. Was it a friend or family or maybe even you? You've just found out about a serious illness. You see doctors, nurses, you're told you'll see a bunch of specialists. There's tests, prescriptions. You're trying to stay on top of it all, but you're just not at your best. Overwhelmed, probably scared, maybe even doing a slow burn. This has never happened to you before. What are you supposed to do now? I'm Char Brooks, and I help patients get the health care they deserve. Because I'm both a patient advocate and an attorney, I know how the health care system works and I want it to work for you. Plus, I've been there too, as a caregiver for my husband, as well as dealing with my own health scare not long ago. So, you're hearing it here first. I wrote a book that's coming out in May. I filled this book chock full of simple worksheets to help you plan what to talk about before you see your doctor. A book with checklists and reminders, guidance for a powerful peace of mind. A book to give you the support and confidence you and your family need in any healthcare situation. And I titled it Just for You. It's called Patient Power Get the Healthcare You Deserve. Patients and caregivers who have already used my worksheets tell me they feel so much better about their medical decisions. They finally understand what's going on. And they're able to give each of their doctors clear, accurate information so they get the best recommendations in return. That's a powerful use of your medical team in any situation. We're not always ready, but we can be prepared. As my radio audience today, you can now get your free appointment preparation worksheet by visiting my website, the first 
thestep.com. Here's that web address if you want to write it down, www.the-first-step.com. That's your first step to making your healthcare system work for you, not against you, right when you need it most. When you sign up, you'll also get my free monthly newsletter that's loaded with practical tips on how to get the health care you deserve. So please go to www.the-first-step.com and click to get your free appointment preparation worksheet. Use it for every appointment and you'll see how easy it is to get all your questions answered to make the decisions that are right for you. And you'll be the first to know about the book you'll want to give to everyone and keep one for yourself. Patient Power. Get the health care you deserve, coming in May. Now tell someone you care about, and have a healthy day. Bye. Now, that was quite impressive to me, because it sounded like Char really had some of that information that basically that people need to know in terms of using her expert status as an author to then go out beyond the book and offer herself as an expert. And so she was really pushing that free gift, trying to get people to go to her website, telling people about the services that she can offer beyond the book. So I felt that she did an excellent, excellent job pitching both of her book and herself as an expert in this area. What do you think about that, Dr. Kent? Well, here's the thing. I I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, But for me... I felt like I was listening to an infomercial because, honestly, because it was so good and so tight, uh, and it was so directed towards sales. I, I sort of went past blurb into uh, advertising. I thought it was so. Um, it's, maybe, maybe it's missing a little bit of the sort of the um, book bling for me. I, I wanted to know um, um, a little more meat and a little less advertising. Yeah, I think it could have been balanced better for this particular uh, show, you know, the, the fact that we really wanted to hear about her book specifically. So I agree with you there, absolutely. But it, it's a good lesson for, for those out there that really um, want to, you know, utilize their expertise beyond the book. Because as we all know, it's not easy to sell books. And something that successful authors need to learn how to do is need to learn how to pitch their expertise. So it was definitely a good model for that and, and something that, uh, that we should all take note of and make sure that we all have a freebie on our site when we're talking out a book, about a book. If we're going on the radio, we want to make sure that we have some kind of a free offer so we can direct people back to our website and make sure that people sign up, so that, that we can collect their email addresses and put them on our newsletter. These are the kinds of things that we need to do as self-published authors and you know authors even with small presses or even major publishing houses. We really need to learn how to create our own little herd of followers, I call them, by collecting people's email addresses and really making sure that we stay in touch with the people that uh, are interested in what we have to offer them. So in that respect, I thought it was an excellent, excellent model for a lot of authors. So, Absolutely. And she did She did make me uh, punch in on my browser the-first-step. And so that was, that was definitely clear, and she got me there. And that's, that's one of the goals of a blurb. Absolutely. So let's listen to that next one, Diana Daphner. Um, this one is pretty racy uh, and exciting. I, I heard just the first couple seconds of it uh, uh, earlier. And uh, this is uh, in the relationships and sexuality category. Let's listen to it. 
Try not to blush when you hear it. <laughs> Blog Talk Radio. This book is for adults. The title is Tantric Sex for Busy Couples, How to Deepen Your Passion in Just 10 Minutes a Day. It's about the yearning for love, about creating real intimacy in your relationship, both physical intimacy and deep emotional connection. It explains how ancient teachings from India called Tantra can benefit modern relationships by bringing our attention into the present moment. It's like the power of now meets the joy of sex. I'm Diana Daphner, and Tantric Sex for Busy Couples is based on the romantic intimacy retreats that my husband and I lead. We have shared these insights with thousands of couples, and we're thrilled to now inspire so many more through this book. In our own marriage, I was the one first aware of a yearning for true intimacy. Richard and I are very different. We fall into that common cliche of opposites attract. His desire for sex was not complicated by needing an emotional connection. I, on the other hand, wanted to feel intimate, to feel connected, to be positively engaged and happy with him before having sex. That was a dilemma and could have become a problem. This book presents our solution to this classic relationship issue. It doesn't matter if it's the man or the woman who is aware of a yearning for more closeness or which one just wants more or better sex. The end result is that couples can easily enjoy both. For some of us, it's not enough for sex just to be satisfying. We want it to be meaningful. Our bodies are the doorways to our souls, and we want to walk through that doorway with the person we're in relationship with. We want our souls to join in spiritual joy. The book reveals how Richard and I found a way to recover the magic of our early relationship, a way to recreate the promise of love that had propelled us down the aisle in the first place. It's about learning to be present with each other, to share the sacredness of our love without distraction or judgment or busyness getting in the way. To become really present with your beloved, the book offers a program we created called Tantra Tai Chi. The easy movements of Tai Chi help you find harmony in your own being. Getting naked and doing Tantra Tai Chi with your partner is not only sexy, it opens the heart. Bringing the energy of that practice into your lovemaking creates magic in your relationship and opens a spiritual connection together. Dr. Deepak Chopra says that sexual energy is the most vital force of the universe. Tantric sex is about using sexual energy to reach a high vibration of being. Tantric Sex for Busy Couples, our book, shows you how to do that. Okay. Well... On, on a purely blurb level, I thought she did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, what, just your your first uh, your first um, impression of that, Doctor Kent, just blurb wise. Well, you know, I'm I gotta say it's hard for me to talk after hearing that. I'm I'm all uh, embarrassed, but uh, it's uh, fantastic. Uh, she did a great job in uh, you know, in one way, it's very difficult. Um, to speak about uh, uh, a book that's in the sexuality genre, and she did a masterful job of that. 
Well, apparently, you know, if she leads workshops and stuff, I'm sure she doesn't have much trouble talking about it. But I thought it was great because it was done very tastefully. It wasn't like, it wasn't, uh, you know, didn't sort of make me blush too much. It was kind of like, oh, okay, well, wow, that sounds... That sounds interesting. Um, I really liked how she uh, she talked about, you know, it just sounds like a very typical male-female situation where the woman needs to be close and the man just wants the sex and da-da-da-da-da. So it, it sort of involves everybody, and all of a sudden you're interested in thinking, hmm, that's true, and you're relating to it, and then you want to hear more. And then I found it interesting um, that she started to bring in, you know, Deepak Chopra and Tai Chi, and I, I really thought that it was very um a very interesting book without being over the top sort of um you know racy at all any kind of uh, feelings in in that direction i actually thought that it was um quite um what's the word i can use i don't know kind of elegant in a weird way so i liked it i would absolutely agree the the one thing i could have used a little touch more of is hearing that title over over and over again a little a little bit more of what uh uh um you know Shar brooks uh blurb was before which is the advertising okay yeah so that's a good example of how possibly um the balance of the two could could come in handy when you actually are creating these blurbs you want to have a little bit more of the advertising a little bit more of the book just to make make sure that everybody understands you know where they can find your book because i she did not uh clearly say where people could find the book it was almost like i, I she didn't give a website and uh you're right she did not reiterate the title of the book so by the end of the blurb, maybe somebody would have forgotten. Exactly. But she definitely had us hooked. She had us hooked. Absolutely, I agree <laughs> with you there. <laughs> let's listen to. Um, uh, how about let's go uh, to the bottom of our list now, and in, um, uh, in our biography autobiography category, Nancy Mahagian. Uh, you want to listen to hers? Yes. All right. Love Talk Radio. My name is Nancy Mahagian, and I am the author of an award-winning culinary memoir titled Siren's Feast, an Edible Odyssey, a tale of sex, drugs, and couscous. None other than Quincy Jones wrote that Siren's Feast is a spicy brew of recipes and adventures. I don't know whether to eat this book, smoke it, or make love to it. Set against the backdrop of the late 60s and early 70s, this delicious memoir tells the riveting true story of a young woman who heeded the siren's call to a life of freedom and romance, a first-generation Armenian-American whose family narrowly escaped genocide, the rebellious daughter left behind the safety and security of suburban life for an unforgettable adventure that would find her wandering through the souks of Morocco, establishing the first vegetarian restaurant on the magical Spanish island of Ibiza, having an affair with a Bedouin gypsy during a stint as a cabaret dancer in Syria, and, through a series of mishaps, incarcerated for 16 months in an infamous London prison, along with her newborn baby, where she managed, even there, to pioneer a healthy way of eating. A breathtaking, sensual, and page-turning chronicle that whisks you along the author's lifelong path to spiritual enrichment. Siren's Feast, an edible odyssey, is a story that captures a colorful era and features over 40 recipes as delectable as the journey itself.
As one reviewer wrote, Love story, spiritual journey, recipe guide, travel extravaganza. This memoir has it all. Traveling with Mahagian, you are free to give the dangerous life a try with all its ups and downs. Once you enter her world, it is impossible to let go until the very end of the book. Even then wondering what is happening in her current life, she thoroughly captivates and keeps you hungry for more. Wow. That was, uh, for me, it had my taste buds... uh uh, uh watering uh not only for uh the food that she promises within the book but um uh that line at the very beginning uh I'll never forget that that's a that's a great tagline uh, it's a tale of sex drugs and couscous yeah and i loved quincy jones was that quincy jones quote that she had there about he doesn't know whether to to smoke it or eat it or <laughs> love to it <laughs> Yeah, and it's you know if, if, if the category of memoir in the publishing business is so chock full of books, it's so overfull that um, it, your book really does need to stand out from the crowd, and and that that uh, blurb made me think that this book does. Well, I she had me at vegetarian, of course. You know, as soon as she mentioned that, I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I, I want to know. But um, you know, I in terms of of it was a little bit. In terms of the clarity aspect of it, I got a little bit lost only because I knew that it was a biography, but I wasn't sure if it was an autobiography. She was talking mm. in the third person, so I wasn't sure if she was the one in the book or if she was the one telling about the book. It was a little confusing to me in that respect. What did you think about that? I would agree with that. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, in any good essay, any great book, um, especially for someone who's not a household name, um, uh, she's clearly had many adventures, but uh, I'd never heard of her before this, um, uh, which isn't to say she won't be a household name, but uh, you, you have to make sure that your story is really tight. It has to be tightly wound around a, a, a core. It has to have a red thread. And uh, I might have missed a little bit of the red thread. The, a lot of things hooked me, but uh, it wasn't one, wasn't one hole that I felt. And I would have liked to have heard a little bit more bling, just maybe a little bit more enthusiasm vocally. Um, I know everybody can't be completely enthusiastic that way, um, but maybe just a little bit more uh, inflection with the voice would have maybe brought a little bit uh, of excitement into the blurb. Agreed. Let's listen to, um, uh, how about Maurice Charniak? I know I'm saying that incorrectly. He's, he's in our fiction category. I think he's from. Is he? I think he's from Australia, possibly. Well, we'll probably find out pretty soon. <laughs> Let's try it. All right. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Morris Charniak, um, calling you from Perth in Western Australia, in the land down under that's full of kangaroos and koala bears. I'm a registered and practicing community pharmacist and I've created some of the world's finest topical creams made from food, essential oils and specialized herbal extracts for beauty and health. Now you can look at these at naturalsecrets.com but more importantly my creativity has extended itself into the arts 
and I do oil paintings, but now I paint with words. Accidental Discovery, which is a fast-paced, action-packed, humorous um, adventure with a love story, is my first uh, literary work. It concerns itself about Brendan O'Reilly, a very, very handsome priest, who is used by the Catholic Church to resurrect parishes that normally would become bankrupt. But unfortunately, the women want to bed Brendan down and he thinks of wanting to leave the Catholic Church because of his awakening sexuality. The Archbishop decides to transfer Brendan to a church in America called New Bern. And on, look, on his way there, he encounters uh, a businessman called Jack Stern while they stay at a roadside cafe with Violent Storm. And before he knows it, he's swapping places with Jack Stern. Brennan goes on to run a community service establishment which turns out to be a brothel and Jack becomes the priest. Jack teaches that there's no such thing as sin or disease and Brendan, through the intervention of a ghost who really finds out what's happening in New Bern, teaches him that he's got supernatural abilities. Before they know it, they're on the run from the Catholic Church, the mafia, corrupt government and um, police officials because New Bern is a centre where prostitution is used to uh, obtain genuine pharmaceutical drugs for the use in the manufacture of illicit drugs for the black market. There's a final showdown at the Catholic Church known as St. Pius, and it's there that a local television station uh, films everything. The book is highly entertaining. It's um, something that you never forget it's very thought-provoking, it has some philosophy in it, and, our, and the two radio programs that have interviewed me about my work here locally, namely the ABC National and Radio Fremantle, have both agreed it's a book that Hollywood needs to grab hold of. It's the first in a series, um, the second sequel will be known as Controversial Shutdown, and the third, which I'm presently writing, is known as The Second Fragment. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. Uh, that was uh, Maurice Charniak, and uh, that's his book, uh, uh, Accidental Discovery. Uh, that was his blurb about the book. You know, I, if he had if he had uh, delivered that with more bling, uh, you know, that would be my favorite. Well, I I also thought it was really really uh, intriguing. I mean, some of the things that he was talking about, it had intrigue, it had it created curiosity. Wow, it had a lot of stuff in there. But it, it did almost sound like he hadn't really prepared a blurb. He was just kind of talking off the cuff, which can be cool. Um, but it was almost like a, a little bit on the unprepared side for me. It was almost so what too about, unprepared. So, like in the in the book industry, you're the you're the marketing person. You know, when you're when you're out there and talking to uh, someone on the radio, or you're you're doing an interview, or this and that, and they say, "Oh, tell me about your book." You know, give me a nutshell about your book. I actually interview authors on my other show, Sound Authors, and I say that to people all the time. Uh, is that when you you know your blurb, your elevator speech, all that? Well, not necessarily. I think the elevator speech is something that you really need to have in your back pocket for when you're going to sort of run into Steven Spielberg on an elevator and you've got <laughs> like 10 or 15 seconds to say hi. You know, I'm Sally Shields. I've written a book called The Daughter-in-Law Rules, and my vision is to create more harmony among 20 million mothers and daughters-in-law around the world. 
and I can reveal the top three things that any woman can do to create a lifetime of peace with their husbands and their mothers-in-law. That would be considered an elevator speech, something that you can tell what your vision is, who you are, what your book is, why you're an expert, and what you can, what problem you can solve. So that is more of an elevator speech. Um, because Blurb has given us, you know, an actual three minutes to talk about the book, it's it's beyond sound bites. You've almost got a. Um, well, I think actually it would be good to kind of fill it with sound bites now that I think about it. But um, you need to fill it out a little bit more and, and be a little bit more conversational. So I think uh, I think that he had the right idea. I think uh, when somebody on the radio does ask you about your book, you do have to sort of have um, a conversational aspect to it. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I, again, the, the sort of the, the, the marketing uh, – you know, bewilders me a little bit. Um, but I do know that if, if I was the guy going down the elevator and somebody came to me uh, with that speech that you just did, the, the little elevator speech, I would be hooked. I'd say, you know, what's this all about? Um, and, you know, the way I think, and, and, and you know, I think a little bit of the the, the difficulty uh, with recording a blurb is you're, you're not on that elevator with Steven Spielberg. I mean, you know, honestly, if you were really with Steven Spielberg and you knew who it was, you'd, you'd stumble all over yourself. But, uh, you know, there is something about that situation. You know, do you sing in the shower? It's pretty different than singing on stage, right? Yeah, that's why it's really, really important to practice and to get that media training. You know, when I first started doing radio interviews, um, it was a very, very kind woman who said to me, you know, Sally, I love your message, but you really need to have a little, I think you could really benefit from some media training. And it wasn't until after I got media trained that it all fell into place for me. And I did start to speak in sound bites and to really clarify my points. And I think that's such an important thing for anybody that's interested in promoting their own book, going on radio and television, to learn how to speak in sound bites. And I'll just give you a little example of maybe how I would have spoken prior to getting media training, which uh -oh. was about my book, which was like, well, you know, my mother-in-law, she used to come over, and everything she said would bother me, and I just was fighting with my husband about it. We'd drive back from Ohio, and I would just go on and on, and he would say, honey, I can't believe it. If you can't find a way to get along with my mother, then we might just well call it quits, and I was just so upset, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. Right, and you that's, lost me already. Yeah, that's how I was before I had the media training. And then as soon as I got the media training, I realized that I had to boil it down, be very specific. And so this would be the, the post-media training um, uh, example of that. Well, you know, um, I based this book on the seventh spiritual law of success, which is the quickest way to get what you want is to help others get what they want. What I mean by that is to be a loving, kind-hearted, open, sensitive person, and the world will reflect that back to you even in the form of your mother-in-law. My vision is to help teach all brides the art of making friends with their husband's mother so that we can all have a more harmonious relationship. Okay, so you can see the difference. Well, here's, here's my question. Now, now, when I hear that, I'm wondering, you know, just because I know this and, and from listening to our blurbs, you know, how do you, um, I don't know if you were reading or not, but how do you read um, a blurb or how do you present it to someone uh, in a way that that uh, doesn't feel uh, rehearsed. I mean, the way you said it was very exciting. You know, uh, in, in, like when you're listening to national public radio, a lot of the times they're reading a script, but how do they do it so that it's engaging? 
Well, something that I would say about that is what I what I always tell people, and even people that are that have not written a book yet and that are interested in writing a book. And as you know, um, there has been a poll that has shown that over 75% of all Americans have a book in their heart. And what I tell people is that you really only need two things in order to be a good and successful author. And those two things are that you need to have, one, a passion for your topic, and two, a sincere desire to help people. And if you have those two things in place, it's easy to speak from the heart and it's easy to convey enthusiasm because you're honestly trying to help people out and to help them solve a problem, to give them some information, something that you've been through that you can now help them with. And if you have those two elements, it will be a natural transition once you sort of figure out how to speak in sound bites. It will just be a natural way. A natural enthusiasm will sort of bubble forth and you'll really be able to to uh, express that. It does take practice. I, you know, I have done a lot of radio, radio interviews and I was terrible at first, but it got better. It's just the same old kind of thing. You know, I'm also a musician. We're both musicians. You know, you stink at first and practice, practice, practice. It truly is the same with, with doing radio interviews and talking about your book and promoting yourself. And, and there's always there's always that feeling, uh, the nagging feeling in the in the pit of your stomach. Uh, for some folks, that uh, they always stink, and it's like, oh man, I, I'm always terrible. And one of the real keys to, um, you know, who, for example, Sally Shields, my co-host, is is you know confidence, and you you portray confidence, and and that's what we all love, you know. I mean, we we uh, we feed off of one another's confidence, uh, whether it's on the book cover whether it's in a blurb, whether it's uh, on the the 10 o'clock news. Well, you know, this is interesting. This is one of those things that goes back to the, you know, the the secret that everybody's talking about, which is the law of attraction, which is basically, you know, act and, and, and it will be. You know, even if you're not confident, you just kind of have to practice acting that way because people will you'll reflect the world will reflect that back to you you just have to pretend you have to go out and be a great actress and just practice being confident and when you do have the cur- when you do practice courage and confidence everything else will flow beautifully towards you but it is a matter of practice and and you know everybody out there trust me it's it's not something that comes naturally it just is an absolute matter of of just practicing it so that's why it would be a great idea for everybody to um to you know get a lot of radio interviews and uh just practice that way a lot of radio interviews are just three to five minutes long which is exactly kind of the the length of the blurb that we have you prepare so this is almost a really good sort of um for people that haven't done a lot of radio interviews this is a good opportunity to to sort of get together a few of your main messaging points so that you can go out and then practice um in other radio interviews absolutely so let's listen what do you, what do you say let's listen to another blurb and and uh the fun thing about uh, these blurbs is that uh, there's no real right or wrong. I mean, we we can have our opinions on them, but like books themselves, you know, whoever goes into that bookstore is going to have a different take on everything. That's right, and you always have to remember, um, you know, try to please everybody and you please no one. So it's almost better to try to really niche yourself and, and really try to speak to that specific uh, niche that you're talking to rather than try to please everyone just as an example of that when I was writing my second book the collaborator rules you know um, 
I had written it in terms that the subtitle was 101 Surefire Ways to Manage and Stay Friends with Your Co-Author. And it had been suggested to me, well, why, do you, why, do you, why are you just you know, making it for authors? And I thought, well, that was my experience. That is who I can speak to. And yes, it can help with other forms of collaboration. But if I tried to make it too wide of a genre and try to please everybody, it really didn't work. So don't be afraid to be very niched. And, and speak to your particular target audience. Don't be afraid that it's too narrow because, like, uh, like I said before, you know, trying to please everyone, uh, you end up pleasing no one. So let's listen, let's listen to um, one in the children's category. Uh, and this is a personal favorite of mine, the children's category. I love kids' books, and I don't think I'll ever get sick of them. <laughs> How about you? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, that's basically my entire repertoire at, at the moment, at this particular season of my life. <laughs> you have little ones, it's true. So let's listen to Laura Duxta's uh, blurb in the children's category. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, my name is Laura Duxta, and I'm the author of New York Times' best-selling children's book called I Love You More. I Love You More is actually a book about love presented as a children's book. It's an expression of love shared between a mother and child, though I also suggest that you read it as a conversation between creator and child, the children of all ages. I Love You More is a flip-sided book, meaning it starts from both sides and reads through the middle. Like love, it actually never ends, and like the infinite nature of love, it demonstrates the giving and receiving, the yin and the yang, and the circle of love. Love erases fear. To love and be loved, some say, is life's true purpose. Every parent, grandparent, and teacher wants their children to know how truly loved they are. So when people, especially our children, know they are loved, anything is possible. Self-published, I Love You More, written by Laura Duxta and illustrated by Karen Kiesler, has sold over 179,000 copies. Now with Sourcebooks Jabberwocky, sales continue to climb and I Love You More spent several weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list. In the story, a child asks the mother, Mommy, just how much do you love me? And she responds, grand types of things. I love you longer than the longest path ever wound. I love you prettier than the prettiest flower ever found. I love you fuller than the fullest moon you ever knew. I love you mightier than the mightiest wind ever blew. Then... She wraps her arms around him with all the love that she has, and he feels it all surround him when he gently whispers, You know what, Mommy? I love you more. The center page is a beautiful picture of the earth with the words, I love you more than anything in the whole wide world, wrapped around them. When you close the book and flip it over, the mother asks the child, Well, just how much do you love me? And he responds with more childlike phrases, I love you quieter than the quietest caterpillar ever creeped. I love you further than the furthest frog ever leaped. I love you bigger than the biggest bubble ever blown. I love you freer than the freest kite ever flown. And then they also end up in a big embrace where she says, you know what, son, I love you more. I love you more than anything in the whole wide world. I love you more makes a great gift for every occasion. We say that love transcends gender, age, race, and religion, and our book has proven to become a favorite baby shower gift, birthday, special events, and it's one of the best Mother's Day gifts 
ever. I Love You More promotes and encourages the conversation of love, and the world can always use a little more love. Love on. <laughs> I got to say, I like that ending. We thought it was over, and then she said, love on. I, I enjoy that. You know, the one thing about that blurb is um, she's lucky that her book title is I Love You More because uh, she said love. It must have been 50 times in that three minutes. Well, th- that particular blurb for me had, had everything in it that I was looking for. I mean, it had bling. It had clarity. It had information. She delivered it beautifully. To me, it hit all of the marks so beautifully, and it had that special extra added feature of the emotional touch to it, and wow, I was just riveted. I, I loved I loved listening to it, and it truly made me want to go out and buy that book. Yeah, you know, the thing I liked the most about um, that blurb is that she, well, she told us everything we needed to know in the first two lines or so, and then at the end, she did that again. She told us everything we needed to know in the last two lines. And then uh, at the very center of the entire blurb, sort of like the filling in a good cake or a Twinkie or something, she sort of gave us uh, uh, great readings from the book. And, of course, uh, the great thing about children's books is the rhyme and the pictures. And she described the pictures. She read the rhymes in sort of children's dialogue. It's pretty. Uh, it was pretty, uh, you know... Um, a blurb doesn't have to be perfect, and that's one thing. You know, there were a couple times she stumbled, but I don't think a blurb has to be perfect. I think it just has to hook us. Now, as a publisher, what exactly would be some of the criteria that you might be looking for if you were, for example, approached by an author and they were to give you a blurb? What would you specifically be looking for if you were thinking to yourself, okay, I would want to publish this particular book? Well, I think the the reason that on our list the the first criteria is bling. I mean, it's it's uh, in your face. It's uh, there's something that's new about this, something clever. And you know, in this last one that we heard from Laura Duxta, her book has obviously done well. She sold 180,000 copies of it before she got picked up. Uh, and and part of that is because you know what she said, which is the book reads one way and you flip it over and it reads the other way. That's for to me that's bling. I think as a publisher, oh well, that's an interesting concept. But honestly, uh, you know, something that a publisher notices a lot more than that is when she said, I'm a New York Times bestseller and I sold 180,000 copies. <laughs> you know, you're right, because that, that does seem to be the bottom line these days um, when it comes to approaching publishing companies and agencies, etc. They They really don't even want to talk to you unless uh, you've been able to show numbers maybe uh what would you say the minimum amount of books that a self-published author author would have to show a publisher in order to be even considered uh well well, it depends it depends you know um sometimes the publisher sees potential in something and sometimes they see the actual numbers and i mean if you come to them showing 180,000 sold um you know the publisher starts to get dollar signs in their eyes uh, if you come to them with a book that does really well in a certain niche, that's another thing. You know, if it's about a certain category or this and that, then the publisher will also be interested in that. Yeah, I guess I guess it's a case by case basis. I've heard so many different things floating around, like um, you know, a, a publisher say, "Come back to us when you've sold between you know, two and five thousand copies," or "Don't even come to us unless you've sold ten thousand copies." It just seems to be a lot of numbers floating around out there but I guess it really depends on how long the book has been out and uh, what the platform is that the author has created. 
that's another buzzword in the industry, platform. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that? Sure. I mean, I you, you know, I think more than anything, um, you you have to be a very strong person. Uh, your book really does sell you as much as you sell your book, um, and it has to have a niche in the market, and it has to. Uh, fill a need in the market. You know, if there's, if there's, like I said earlier in the show, if there's a hundred books in the memoir category, and you're one out of a hundred, you know, maybe it's better for you to go into the pets category, like Marley and Me did, which uh, you know shot to, you know, worldwide bestseller and is a great film now, because he put it in the pets category instead of the memoir category. Very interesting. Well, something that I would mention about about having having a platform is that that seems to be one of the buzzwords out there in the industry now. And I think what what they mean by that is, you know, you have to have well, website for one. I mean, that's almost a non-negotiable these days. Every author has to have a website for their book, even if you're thinking about writing a book. Grab that title's URL. It's only costing like nine dollars a year, but you should go and try to get that book under that title. And if somebody's already taken it, you can always say, um, you know, add the word book to the end of it. For example, if, if you're writing a book called, if you're thinking about writing a book called, you know, Blue Poodles Rock, and that's already taken, you can always write the Blue Poodles Rock book. Um, <laughs> but you want to make sure that you do grab the URL because there's there's, that's the number one thing that you're going to need is, is a website. Um, some of the other things that might uh, characterize themselves as platform or, you know, you want to have a blog, um, you know, possibly a, a newspaper column or even a, a radio show of your own. So these are all the kinds of things that publishers look for. They want to see how you're reaching your audience. How are you going to get the word out there to your target market? This is a very, very important thing to them because they are not going to be public. Even if you're picked up by Simon & Schuster or Random House or any of the big publishing houses, there's a myth there that they're going to be doing some advertising for you. And that's just not the case for an author that's unknown. You're going to be responsible for, for your own publicity. So these are the kinds of things that we as, as, as authors need to start thinking about even months, months before the book hits, hits the, uh, the bookstores or, or the, uh, even hits the um, online uh, places that you can get at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. So all the kinds of things that we have to know in advance before we get out there. So let's listen let's listen to uh Dr. Karen Sherman uh in psychology and self-help. Let's see how she's able to market herself with this blurb. Blog Talk Radio. Hi. Are you tired of being a prisoner to your past? Are you repeating patterns that are getting you nowhere? Do you keep reacting in knee-jerk ways that you can't seem to stop? I know how it is. I used to feel just like you. But I discovered that instead of being emotionally frozen, I could have a life of joy, and you can too. I'm Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist. I guess part of the reason that I went into this field is because of the compassion I have for others due to the very dysfunctional family I came from. Interestingly, even though I've had lots of years of training and experience, it didn't prevent me from battling a very difficult personal journey myself. In fact, I ended up hitting rock bottom, not sure if I could endure the pain, but I made the choice to live. I chose to shed the negativity of my past and live a life of joy, a life 
of choice. So I developed tools that I used with myself and with clients to help rewire old connections and heal the past. They were so successful that I felt I needed to share it with a larger audience, and that motivated me to write Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Even though it's not a very long book, it's packed with solid tools to help you make a long-lasting change in your life. I'm flattered to share with you that Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, has won Best Self-Help Book by Walsh Seminars, as well as Honorary Mention in the Self-Help category by Reader's Views. You can check it out on Amazon.com or at my site, www.drkarensherman.com. The self-help tools in Mindfulness and the Art of Choice offer you more than just the insight that you get in talk therapy. They actually help you heal old wounds. Everyone is entitled to have the good life. You can, too. And right on the tail end of that, you want to listen to another one? This one's uh, from a young member um, uh, who who uh, is in the teen and relationship category. What do you think? Oh, yes. Really looking forward to this one. Grace Hatton. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Grace Hatton, and I am the teen author of the book, The Guys, The Roses, and The Regrets. Um, the Guys, The Roses, and The Regrets was written by a teen, 14. I am actually 17. And um, The Guys, The Roses, and The Regrets has been endorsed by Mark Victor Hansen, Lisa Nichols, and other best-selling authors. And um, it's a best-selling girl-to-girl dating guide. And it gives you the honest truth about guys, dating, healing a broken heart, and most importantly, finding true love. And I wrote this book originally when I was 15, and it's taken two years to get it out there into the market, and um, it was released on Valentine's Day, and it actually hit number 31 on Amazon's top 100 bestseller list. So The Guys, The Roses, and The Regrets is a bestselling book. And you know, this is the reason I wanted to write this book was to help young girls realize that you know, you can have better relationships than what you're expected to have, and you can be confident and beautiful and amazing and have great relationships. And if you've already been in a bad relationship and had your heart broken, there is a way to get over that and to move on and to find someone who's actually worth your time. So it's been a really great experience to do this book, and I've had so many people say they love it and they like it, and I'm just blessed that my message is getting out to so many young girls. And obviously, I want it to reach so many more. So um, that's why I'm doing this. And um, this is all new for me, but it's awesome. And yeah, like I said, it's just a book about giving girls the honest truth about dating from someone their age. Because I'm only 17, and the whole reason I wrote this book was because I got out of a bad relationship, and I wanted to help other girls stay out of bad relationships. And if they've been in one, you know, get over a bad relationship. And also find true love, you know, find that real relationship that is true and honest and pure. And you can have that. You just have to fight through the bad stuff sometimes. So that is all about the guys, the roses, and the regrets. And I've been honored and blessed that it's done so well. And I hope that it will continue to do well. 
and I really hope I get chosen for the featured author thing as well. Um, but yeah, so once again, my name's Grace Hatton. I'm 17, and I am the best-selling teen author of the book The Guys, the Roses, and the Regrets. So, yay, that's me. <laughs> All right, bye. Well, that was very charming. Uh, and now we have one last blurb on the show today, and then we'll chat for just a minute or so. And this is a blurb from Hal Stevens, a nonfiction blurb. Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. There's a worldwide trend that's currently affecting 40% of the U.S. population, and knowledge of it will save you time, stress, and money. It's not a fad. It won't fade away. And it's already affecting between 60 and 90% of the people in many highly developed countries around the world. Hi, I'm Hal Stevens, author of six critically acclaimed e-books about end-of-life issues. And my passion is to help you save time and money. As you already know, there's a true expression, nothing certain except death and taxes. It's true, so you'd better learn all you can. That's why you need to get a copy of my How to Plan a Cremation ebook from www.cremationlinks.com. You see, experts have told me it's the best how-to genre book available anywhere about cremations. Frankly, I believe them. How to Plan a Cremation is a complete and customized resource for anyone who wants to plan for a cremation, either now or in the future. And since 40% of the U.S. already does this, and the number is growing yearly, you really don't want to be left behind. How to Plan a Cremation has 243 pages. They're filled with info, advice, and planning. And if you think that's a lot of pages, you're absolutely right. And to make it easy for you, I wrote it so you can read it from beginning to end, or you can just find the pages or chapters that you need and read them in any order. Either way, you'll get what you need in a way that meets your customized situation. How to Plan a Cremation is a complete and very comprehensive book. Let me catch my breath for a second and quickly tell you what's in it for you. Here goes. It has four real-life cremation stories, 29 learning points gleaned from these stories, four immediately realized benefits of cremation, seven reasons for choosing cremation, five steps of cremation, 11 key reasons why most people are choosing cremation, 17 frequently asked questions about cremation, and of course their answers, six caskets or container options suitable for cremation, five major questions regarding funeral services and cremations, 25 cremation topics to discuss with your funeral service provider, 15 guidelines for choosing a cremation provider, 10 issues to consider with cremation, six considerations for after cremation, 15 types of urn style choices, several alternative containers and means of handling cremation. Whew, that's a lot. And there's still more in the How to Plan a Cremation book. Plus, when you order How to Plan a Cremation, I'm going to send you two free publications by other authors from my personal digital library. See, there's no way you can lose. So don't delay. Go to www.cremationlinks.com. That's www.cremationlinks.com and get yourself a copy. It's great reading and it's a great investment and available from www.cremationlinks.com. Well, that was a blurb from Hal Stevens and man, that, that was right to the point. I mean, uh, it's so interesting to hear all these blurbs in different categories because uh, his book was so niched. And before that, we listened to Grace Hatton and just a sweet blurb from a teenager uh, uh, who has this best-selling book. 
And uh, before that, uh, Dr. Karen Sherman with a you know really right on self help blurb. We've been we've been listening all day today to nine different blurbs in nine different genres. It feels like a marathon. How about you, Sally? Yeah, that was really exciting. I think in the future what we want to try to do is do shows based on genres, but this this could be very exciting to do maybe once a month or, or every you know once every five or six shows because wow, what a mishmash! What an exciting show. It keeps the adrenaline going, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. That was super fun. And what we want to do is have people go online and check out, uh, uh, if you're listening back to this or if you're listening live, come check back on uh, blog, uh, sorry, uh, blog Talk Radio slash Blurb. Uh, you can find it on Blog Talk Radio, or you can go to BlurbRadio.com, and you can check out the winner from this week. We've only got about 10 seconds left here, and uh, i got to say, Sally and I, uh, I think we had a great time. How about you? This was fantastic. I loved uh, hearing all these blurbs, and um, thank you, Dr. Kent, the publishing guru. Uh, you, uh, it's always wonderful to hear hear all of your um, incredible expertise, and uh, it's fun to learn from you every week. And uh, it's it's so fun to tweet on Twitter while we're on the, on the air here. And uh, uh, Sally Shields is among the initiated uh, recently to Twitter, and she's got tons of followers. Uh, and I'm I'm sitting there tweeting all all. Uh, all show long, and I think uh, we're going to have a blast at this. Uh, this was our uh, first publicized inaugural show on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm psyched to keep doing this. This is really fun. Have a great week, everybody. If uh, Please spread the word about Blurb. We'd love to uh, help promote authors uh, with this show. So if you have anybody that you know that, that wants to talk about their book and get the word out there, just uh, have them email us and um, come to Blog Talk Radio slash Blurb and uh, send, send them our way. We'd love to uh, promote the show and promote, promote you. And without further ado, I'll play the outro music here and thank everybody. Thank you especially to Philip. Uh, he's really hooked us up with uh, some great publicity this week. Thank you to my co-host, Sally Shields, and I'll thank myself here, Dr. Kent. And uh, you can find out a ton more about us at blurbradio.com. Come on back next week and send us your blurbs. Good night, everybody.